This is a Clark University podcast. All right. Charlie, give me a glass of water, please. When I went to school, I had no idea that there were jobs in the music business, that there even was a music business. You know, I never thought about all the concerts that I went to in high school, that there was some kind of real infrastructure behind that, the concert promoter, the band representatives. I, I never thought about that. That's Larry Webman, a senior vice president at Wasserman Music in New York. He graduated from Clark in 1992 as a business major and music minor. In the 30 years since then, Larry has grown to represent some of the biggest names in music. You know, the most well-known clients are Coldplay, Sarah Bareilles, David Gray, Bare Naked Ladies, MGMT, Bastille, Dropkick Murphys, uh, Michigander, and Billy Rafool. The journey that led Larry to the likes of Coldplay and Sarah Bareilles started here at Clark, where he was a member of the Pub Entertainment Committee. When I went to Clark, I joined PEC as a freshman just to try to make some connections to get myself more gigs and, uh, you know, quickly learned that, hey, there is some kind of system here. You know, I became in charge of the organization as a sophomore. You know, I got the hang of how to deal with agents and how to negotiate deals for bands to come play. And back then, we had bands for most of the semester twice a week on Wednesdays and Fridays. First and foremost, we had Fish in January of 1990, who I negotiated directly with the manager at the time before they even had an agent. We haggled over a minuscule amount of money and uh, they played and the place was packed. It was one of the first shows that I had booked. It was like the first show that was really, really, like you could not put another person in there and they wouldn't let people in because it was too full. And that was kind of a rush just in and of itself. Larry learned how to navigate the music world and got some class acts to stop in Worcester. I'm Melissa Hansen, a producer in Clark's communications office, and this is Challenge Change. You know, bands that, you know, we picked up obviously were on their way from Boston to New York or vice versa. You know, we paid a little more than they would get in those cities sometimes, and that's what got us the show. But it was the trust of the agents at the time that I was able to to leverage into getting more shows. This is obviously before the internet when you can have just a a treasure trove of information at your fingertips. So I I had to, you know, work the phones and call agents in LA and New York and try to figure out who was going on the road and, you know, what they were working on actively, you know, because a lot of times by the time the tour, you hear about a tour, tickets go on sale, it's too late to add shows. There's not an open day that they can fill, but by you know, establishing those relationships and and having them trust that if they sent a band to Clark University, that the show would be great. There was a band, and they may still be around. They're called they were called Dread Zeppelin, and they had a couple records out on IRS Records. And this was when they released their first record. And they were Led Zeppelin music played reggae style, but they had an Elvis impersonator as the singer. And, you know, hearing an Elvis impersonator do a version of Black Dog was just amazing. And and they had a little buzz going at the time. And that was another show that was, you know, couldn't fit another person in and just hanging out with the band and seeing them get into their costumes and things like that. And they were so nice that they invited me and a couple other people to come to their show in Providence a couple days later. So we drove down there and then got to hang out with them, you know, backstage in the dressing room at a real venue outside of campus, which was fun as well. But uh, the show was amazing. It was a great time. 
shortly after graduating, got offered a job in the industry. And at that time, it's like I kind of figured that I would need to choose one route or the other. And working in the industry got me to think that uh, I might be able to have some kind of career doing this. And I, I didn't think long term. It's just like, all right, it's a job. I can do this. I can be around bands and music and it'll be fun and I can pay my rent and have a car and, you know, afford to do things. And one thing led to another. And, and as success happened over time, you know, you get more and more focused on furthering that career. And, and you know, I quickly gave up thoughts about being in a band and, and being a musician. And then, you know, I also realized that as a musician, you know, if you're not writing the songs, it's very hard to have a long-term financial success in, in your career. And even when bands have success, a lot of the time it's a five, 10 year window. And I didn't want to end up in my mid thirties having to start a career over again. The fact that I had this runway uh, of the music business and, and being an agent in front of me uh, was just, uh, it just kind of fell into place. Larry first heard Coldplay around early 2000 and was struck by the band's potential. It was really great. And that was in an age of grunge rock and metal. And when you heard the song Yellow, and then it got, you, you know, subsequently got played on the radio, it would be weird on alternative stations to hear it sandwiched between harder edge bands. And it's just like, it was that odd song. But at the time, you know, the music wasn't out yet. I think Yellow had just come out in the UK and we thought the music was great. And uh, we had a trip to, uh, we went over to the UK every summer and went to a music festival and did a lot of meetings with our clients and tried to sign new clients. You know, we scheduled a meeting with their manager and, and you know, had a great meeting and he thought we were the right people to represent the band. A couple of days later, we went to see them at a festival and at the time they were okay. They, you know, great songs and songwriting, but live they were not great. I give them tons of credit because by the time that first record cycle was over, they became a great live band. And Chris Martin worked really hard to become a great frontman that he is today, maybe the best. And it was just off to the races. You know, they write great music album after album after album. And uh, that's why they're, uh, they're maybe the biggest band in the world. Larry loves watching his artists grow over time, seeing what they can accomplish on stage and off. Sarah Bareilles, who is an incredible talent, who we took from a girl playing the piano to having a few hit songs to writing music for a Broadway musical, which we facilitated for her, to being an actress on Broadway in various productions, to writing music for film and TV, to writing, actually writing TV shows, to being an actress in TV shows. Working with somebody who's a multi-hyphenate like that, who can work in all those areas is really exciting because when you solely focus on music, most artists don't have the bandwidth to do all those things. And then when you have one incredible talent that's able to branch off into all those areas and you're able to help facilitate those things and see this person blossom into this incredible Grammy Award winner Pony nominated, like to get all those accolades for somebody and you were a part of that process, it's, it's amazing. There's no crystal ball that shows which bands are the best to sign. For Larry, finding talent is like putting a puzzle together. You know, to a certain extent, you have to understand the marketplace and what might have a chance to be successful. You also have to look at the players involved with a certain artist. 
do they have good management is there a good record label or is there a good plan these days some artists don't have record labels but yet there's a good plan to get exposure and get their music out there which could lead to you know good numbers for touring and you know for me at this point with an established client roster I have to love the music first and then you know have to take into account all those other things and then you know how much time do I have in the day I, I mean I think at this point I only sign two or three new artists a year because it takes time to develop a new artist. Most recent one is a Canadian woman named Georgia Harmer who has a famous aunt named Sarah Harmer and she has a record on a label called Arts and Crafts and the music was just great and our vision for the artist was in line with with their vision and thought that we'd do a good job based on our passion and and our track record and and agreed to sign with us and, and we're very excited about her future. From CDs to streaming, Larry has been around as the music industry continues to evolve. When I first started, artists used to tour to support the record, to push record sales. Uh, now it's flipped totally on its head that artists make records to you know, kind of have a reason to tour because they make all their money from touring as opposed to physical CDs or vinyl anymore uh, in, in whole scale numbers. So, you know, it's hard to make the same kind of revenue in streaming as opposed to selling a 15 song CD. That's been the biggest change. Right now, urban and, and pop and hip hop are super strong. I, I'm interested to see where it goes, just like everybody else. To learn more about business or music at Clark, visit clarku.edu. Challenge Change is produced by Andrew Hart and Melissa Hansen for Clark University. Find other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. One, two, three. Clark! <laughs>